This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Friday the 14th of January. In your Squiz today, waiting for news about Novak Djokovic. Isolation rules relaxed for more workers. Prince Andrew loses his titles. And Vale, Ronnie Spector. This is your Squiz today. Claire, we started the week talking about world number one tennis star Novak Djokovic. That's the way we're going to end it too, because as it stands, he's in the draw for the Australian Open that begins on Monday. The only problem is we're still waiting to hear from the Immigration Minister, Alex Hawke, about whether his visa might be cancelled. Yep, it's what they say, isn't it? A watch pot never boils, and it (laughs) seems that plenty of people are watching that pot. Uh, Didn't happen yesterday. There's speculation it will happen today. Uh, That tournament draw did land, as you say, and it does include Djokovic. Uh, Another degree of difficulty was delivered to tournament organisers yesterday because the Victorian government capped tournament crowds at 50%. That, of course, is in relation to a surge in COVID cases in the state. But what we're seeing is a bit more commentary from the players about the situation. Overnight, we've learned that Greek world number four, Stefanos Tsitsipas, has a accused Djokovic of playing by his own rules. What Tsitsipas says is that he was hesitant himself about getting vaccinated, but he's done that because he wanted to travel here for the Australian Open. And he said that no player thought that they could come to Australia unvaccinated. It's going to be a very interesting vibe in the locker room when that tournament starts on Monday. And of course, in the meantime, as you mentioned, we're all waiting for that announcement from the Australian government. But meanwhile, Djokovic's lengthy Instagram post a few days ago where he admitted to having COVID in December seems to have put the cat amongst the pigeons back in Europe. It sure has. So the Spanish government has launched an investigation because he was there in December and early January. And what they've worked out is that he was there without a vaccination certificate or an exemption because he's not vaccinated. So they're looking into that. Uh, Also, the International Tennis Writers Association uh, has responded to that Instagram post that he put out this week because they're really upset that Djokovic didn't inform uh, those journalists at Laquit. Uh, that he had COVID. Uh, And last but certainly not least, lawyers in Serbia say that there's issues with Djokovic breaking the country's strict isolation laws. Yes, Djokovic might have to pay a fine for breaking those COVID rules back in Serbia, although reports suggest perhaps community service is more likely. You really do have to wonder about the general vibe in Team Djokovic right now. Lots more to come on this story today. State and Territory leaders met yesterday for National Cabinet to discuss supply chain issues and that serious worker shortage that we've seen stemming from the Omicron wave. And Claire, they agreed to relax isolation rules for workers in more critical industries. We're talking about teachers, childcare workers, uh, and also more workers across the transport and freight industry, not just those relating to food distribution. So what we're seeing is lots of pinch 
points across the economy. There's speculation that could grow. Uh, so lots more to come on this in the coming weeks. Uh, also issues around rapid testing and what that all means with tests being delayed. Yes, and uh, the Prime Minister had a bit to say about COVID parties yesterday too, Claire. That's where you go with the intention of catching the virus theoretically to get it all over and done with quickly and get immunity. The PM's problem with that scenario, though, is that he says reinfection can occur with Omicron, so it's a really bad idea. There's a big story breaking in the UK this morning, Claire. Prince Andrew has been stripped of his military titles and royal patronages by the Queen. And that's in response to the fact that he's been accused of sexual assault, allegations that will be tested in a civil case in New York this year. Yeah, we learned just yesterday that that case is going to proceed. Uh, That court in New York has thrown out uh, Andrew's lawyer's arguments that the case should end. Uh, It's going forward. But what we've learned this morning is that Buckingham Palace has confirmed uh, that those titles have been stripped from Andrew. Uh, It says that the Duke of York will continue not to undertake any public duties uh, as he defends that case as a private citizen. Uh, There's also speculation that for the time being, he will stop using uh, his title, His Royal Highness. Of course, we know from others in the past that that is a title that they hold on to very tightly. Absolutely. And that trial could go ahead somewhere between October and December this year if no settlement is reached, with speculation that the Duke could be forced to give evidence. For his part, he denies the allegations. Claire, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's leadership is in crisis. Yesterday, he was forced to admit that he did attend a drinks party at number 10 in May 2020. That's when England was in the grip of the COVID pandemic. Before the vaccines, people weren't being allowed to go and see their loved ones when they were sick and dying in hospital. And now some members of Johnson's Tory party are calling on him to go. Yeah, there have been senior backbenchers, uh, also the leader of the Scottish Tory party who have called for Johnson to go. Some of those have registered their lack of confidence in his leadership. There's a whole process with the Conservative Party where uh, MPs, if they don't like their leader, uh, they need to register their lack of confidence. And if they get enough, then there could be a spill motion. So we'll wait and see how that plays out in the coming days. But Johnson Johnson yesterday said that he understood the public's rage uh, over that drinks party at his official residence in 2020. Uh, People are really raging about it. There's an opinion piece this morning that's titled uh, Boris Johnson partied for 25 minutes. That's five minutes longer than my dad's funeral. So people are feeling very emotional about it uh, and there will be building pressure for him to resign. Mm. The drinks will be investigated by a civil servant Gray. That May event, though, isn't the only thing that she's going to look at. The probe will also cover two other events that have already led to the resignation of some of Johnson's top advisers. Claire, the lead singer of the 1960s musical trio The Ronettes was Ronnie Spector, who has died at the age of 78 in the United States. The Ronettes were a really big deal in the 1960s. She was born Veronica Bennett. Uh, She formed a girl group with her sister and her cousin. Uh, It wasn't, though, until producer Phil Spector signed the group that they really took off. Uh, That included with the hit um, Be My Baby, which 
a lot of people would know. Maybe not you youngsters, but a lot of people will know. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> not that young anymore, though, perhaps. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, she, though, had a very abusive marriage with uh, Phil Spector. He, of course, has been someone who has been talked to a lot about, about his private life. But after they split, she then embarked on a solo career, uh, which spanned the rest of her life. But she never really captured the sort of success that she had in the 60s. Uh, regardless of that, the Ronettes were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They really were quite something and they were groundbreakers. And obituaries have noted her incredible voice, which commentators described as a combination of street toughness and tenderness, which is a great line. And her friend Joan Jett tweeted that she left an indelible mark on rock and roll. On Friday, Claire, we talk about three things we've liked this week. And as part of that, you've introduced me to the concept of the snacking cake, of which <laughs> I was very, very ready to hear. So let's call it the opposite of a Yotam Otolenghi Big Bake. It's simple, not too many ingredients or pots and pans required. Claire, it's the perfect afternoon tea cake. Do you have a favourite? How good is the idea of a snacking cake? Like just the idea that you just, it's really like takes you 10 minutes or so to throw together and then you just like come and pick it up and put it down as you go. Yes, yes, I liked a strawberry sheet cake. It was really easy to make. Strawberries at the moment are really cheap and they're also really delicious. I haven't had a bad strawberry this season. So this recipe has a lot of them and it's really good. Totally delicious. I'll put a link to that in your show notes. I will expect to see it sometime in the office too, please, (laughs) Happy to do that. Happy to do that. (laughs) Uh, And check out the Squiz Today email for that and other picks of the week. It's free to sign up. Just jump onto our website or follow the link in your episode notes. Squiz the day and the weekend, Claire, what are you looking at? Um, Today, I hate to tell you, well, let's start here. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? I tried to keep them very modest this year because, you know, the <laughs> pandemic's kind of, I don't know, maybe made me make more realistic expectations about what can be done in a year. <laughs> that is really sensible. Uh, well, even on those, today you might be putting them aside. It's officially Quitters Day. Uh, wow. It is the day most likely for people to give up on their New Year's resolutions. It's the two weeks cake on. might not be helping there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, they could be linked, actually. That's a good point. Uh, it's two weeks on from New Year's Day, so here we are. Don't feel too badly if you're putting those things to the side. Yes, a couple of weeks into the summer holidays too. Kind of hard to hold down, lots of routines. <laughs> For me, it's the Ashes, the fifth and final test. The last game in Sydney was test cricket at its best, coming down to the final ball. It was so exciting. And this game is down in Hobart, which is not the norm for the Ashes. Beautiful ground down there at Bell Reeve. I can't wait to watch it over the weekend. Thanks for your company this week. Have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.